Hello everyone, welcome to the Love Advice segment. I am recording this on Valentine's Day 2023. Um, I would love to give you a very upbeat podcast today, but I don't think that's going to happen. I just spent um, a bit of time writing out how I'm feeling and what I'm thinking about today and I think I'm gonna share that with you now so yeah if you're looking for something I don't know I, I'm hoping that by the end there's a bit of a generally hopeful sentiment but if you're looking for something a bit lighter maybe don't listen right now um, I'm gonna be talking about the well no I'm, Huh. Sorry, <laughs> I'm not comfortable usually with reading off of something I've written for a podcast. Normally I kind of prefer to have some bullet points and then kind of go off of that. So this is a little bit strange for me. And we're not going to go into anything too heavy, hopefully nothing triggering. Um, I just kind of want to talk about how I'm thinking and feeling about community and activism and mental health in relation to all of those things um because i needed to get it out of me <laughs> so i'm i'm referring to kind of like the general state of the world the news the valentine's day part is just kind of like extra um as a queer matchmaker i am surrounded by community and love and friendship whether it's like relationships that I'm actually part of or just witnessing the connection of others um, at events and yeah out in the world but at the moment I've been having a really hard time being present with all of that being able to kind of connect to that I've been feeling quite disconnected from it and I'm going to tell you why that is um, for anyone who's watching on Patreon I want to show you my mug first it's a chicken soup mug and I've made myself a cup of tea and I'm going to sip it throughout. I will try not to be too loud but just in case you really hate sipping noises I wanted to warn you <laughs> and apologise in advance. So I've been feeling a certain way and I want to share that in case some of you are feeling that way too. Um, it's kind of overwhelming. I've described it recently as being full of rage. I think part of the rage is anger, part of it is like potential energy or potential action, and part of it is unreleased emotion. The unreleased emotion part I can feel in my neck the most, like I can really, yeah, feelings need to come out. That's kind of why I'm doing this. I wrote it, didn't, didn't feel like enough of a release, so I'm going to say it as well. Um, I also want to caveat quickly to express my discomfort talking about myself and how I'm feeling about the state of the world, the world, the world, um, considering the news recently, um, considering just the general state of the world. I know that I'm kind of like very privileged and my take on it isn't the most important take to listen to, but um, yeah, I'd, I would love to offer a more supportive sentiment or talk about community care and community love to help anyone who really needs to seek that right now but um this is what is well, this is what i've got <laughs> this is what i have today 
um, and I'm hoping that it's helpful. Uh, to counter this somewhat um, selfish podcast, or maybe, I don't know, just talking about myself and my feelings, um, I will put some helpful and supportive links in the description for anyone who needs some, someone to talk to or who kind of came here looking for that supportive advice. I know that's kind of the name of the game, but um, I don't have it today, sorry. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to take a sip. I find myself having troubles with self-care activities that are usually quite vital to keeping my mindset balanced. Um, and I'm having some difficulty escaping the like community action and the struggles that I'm trying to contribute to solving um, and so that I can have time to rest. This maybe sounds a little dramatic considering that I, on the face of it, run a matchmaking business. Um, but my focus within that is really on all kinds of connection, especially community connection. And I think I wouldn't describe what I do as activism, but I have other avenues for activism, which I'll talk about a bit later. But yeah, I think just the general being in a place of serving the community, even if that is in exchange for money in a lot of cases with me. Um, but yeah, I kind of like try and bring an equal amount of energy, whether it's a one-to-one -one client who's paying me or if it's, you know, a free event or somebody who has come to me for some free love advice. And uh, when I'm speaking on this podcast. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm coming from with this. Um, but I do have, like I said, I'm kind of engaged with some activist community groups at the moment and I have been engaging with activism and community organizing since like 2016 and um, I've noticed that being online has always involved sort of constant reminders about what needs to be done being on Instagram and um, at the time Facebook <laughs> um, and it's like it definitely used to feel a lot like I was just seeing evidence of things that I'm not doing to contribute, of things that I should be doing. Um, I don't see it that way now. I've worked a lot on that mindset and realized that seeing a person or a group contributing to the cause, whatever that is, um, is a sign of like the larger movement and not a signal that I should be doing that. It's like, okay, that, that task or that event or that section of the community is being served on this day. And that's great. That's we're all contributing to the same goals here. Um, sorry, my table made a noise. Um, so yeah, it's, it's like it's evidence. So it's evidence that I'm not alone in this work. And nowadays, more events and action, the more events and action I see online from other people, the more relaxed I feel as it shows me kind of like the larger quilt of community work and activism that I'm part of. And it's like that all kind of like interconnected, but their own thing. And it's kind of comforting and encouraging and supportive. Um, and to be honest, like, I'd love to see more of that in the realm I work. So like in, I'd love to see more businesses doing what I do. Um, I want more people to be thinking about how to help people connect, 
creating spaces where queer people can come together, um, some more the merrier as far as I'm concerned there. And um, yeah, that, that has been, that has definitely changed the way that I think about it. But what remains is the fact that Instagram is so full at the moment of surgery fundraisers, fundraisers for queer charities, protests for the rights of queer people, um, vigils, um, action and work related to the community in the UK and around the world. There is so much happening. There's so much action and it doesn't feel like enough. Um, the quilt is big, but the scale is the scale of the problem is bigger and seeing seeing all of this online is kind of overwhelming in that way like seeing this scale of action and community is just pointing out to me how big the struggle is and how little money policy facilities and public support there is for the lgbtqia plus community um and as usual with the most marginalized parts of the community having the least with like intersections of race, gender, class, ethnicity, and background, cutting people out of financial stability and physical safety and housing and just general support that a lot of other people can access more easily. And on the, the public opinion side, the, <laughs> the, on the public opinion side, I see so many people in so much pain and fear that they can't seem to hold it and look at it and experience it and they take it all and just like fire it onto trans people <laughs> and this isn't new the uh, trans people certainly aren't new and the sort of way that other people living authentically can be confronting and upsetting for those not doing so isn't new either um this is kind of like this is how it's always been. It's just the the group that is being targeted with this, this kind of spitefulness and rage has shifted. I've been listening to <laughs> I've been listening to "Glad to Be Gay" by the Tom Robinson Band. Is it Tom Robinson Band? Yeah, I think so. Like over and over again, um, completely consumed by the sadness and righteous anger in the song. And the description, uh, if you haven't listened to it, you should listen to it. I'll put a link in the description, but yeah, it's very famous. Um, and the description of the oppression of gay men at the time in the song um, and how it's exactly the rage and hurt and disgust hurled at the trans community today is like so, it, it, I don't know, it's, it's um, incredibly relevant and so similar in all of the things that are described in the song. This is just like a little tiny snapshot of the political situation and gay liberation at the time. It's like very alarming how similar it is and yet how this is and how it's still happening, you know? Like it's so clear that this is a repetition of a pattern or a formula rather than anything that genuinely should be con a, a concern to people. And it's just really struck me um, with this song. I mean, the difference is, right, that, oh, made a noise again, um, at least the, the men 
that are spoken about in the song were like cis men often able to maintain some of the privilege of that um, and their identity didn't necessarily come with healthcare needs um, the way that trans healthcare is vital for many trans people to have decent mental and physical health as well as physical safety and lots of other things that contribute to having a happy life um, and by the time I'm thinking through all of this I'm having a very physical reaction um, uh, it's, I'm having a bit of a physical reaction right now but I was having a very physical reaction when I was thinking about it earlier and then when I was writing this I have like cold sweaty hands feel like pukey and shivery my heart rate is up and my breathing is shallow and it's all in my neck <laughs> like the, I think it's I feel like it's heartache sitting in my neck um it feels tight and impossible and I have to like physically touch it to like let it relax and so when I'm thinking about this earlier on I need to go out for a walk like I need to get moving and I see some sunlight touch grass and all that stuff so I'm leaving the beautiful estate where I live and I feel lucky and I wonder how long it will last <laughs> um, I think about all the green spaces and space in general that was built into the design of the estate um, for the health and pleasure of everyone living here um, I look at the ground floor flats and remember my mum telling me about how families could only be put on ground floor council flats because they were the only ones considered to have adequate access to green spaces which was a priority at the time like like and a second floor flat is not good enough you need to have quicker closer access to green spaces if you're a family and so I mean that just all sounds so alien now that social housing would be invested in at all in the first place but also that the things like quality of life in the space would be considered you know at the moment we are lucky that these days if safety is considered when social housing is built or like improved or developed or whatever like quality of life is um, really bottom of the list at this point um, and I see the spaces in my area like I just have to walk to the high street really to see so many spaces that have been destroyed for housing that is for profit I see the new businesses that have brought in higher rents and the older businesses the market and the people that are slowly but surely being displaced the general social cleansing <laughs> and I see all the spaces that have potential as well uh, like cafes that are basically empty and pubs that are empty during the day that could be warm hubs you know they're like advertising that the library is a warm hub while they're sitting there empty and warm they could totally open their doors and allow people to sit in there for free um, I see like the potential spaces like little triangles of soil and overgrown parts of the overgrown parts of the roadside that could be cleared that could grow flowers or food and enjoyed by everyone that lives here and I think about how if these changes happen to the environment to, to the local area um, to make it nicer and maybe even useful if you're growing food it would just be associated with um, the social cleansing of the area or even contribute to it you know like that making it nice will make it inaccessible that the shittiness is the only thing that is keeping it belonging to the community that already lives here um, 
yeah, this is a bit of a rabbit hole, sorry. <laughs> um, then I'm on to how all of this is happening to London and the whole of London and has happened to London and will continue to happen and probably in lots of places all around the country in slightly different ways depending on the location and um, that house, rows of houses that used to be slums are now houses that you have to be rich to buy and the social housing like the flats where I live that was built to replace the slums are now also expensive and that the constant building that within a five minute walk of my flat has replaced community gardens, cultural hubs, homes, schools and studios is even more expensive than that. Like the housing that they're building, like destroying these important community spaces for is just expensive housing that nobody that already lives here can afford. And seeing so many new builds and then going past like the teeny tiny NHS GP that serves the whole area somehow you you cannot get an appointment with a GP you have to have a string of appointments with healthcare assistants before they will refer you to a GP um, and how ultimately this is all just happening and there is no amount of money that we could collect to oppose the companies that are doing this and as far as I understand, it, I don't know very much about local councils, but what I'm aware of is that the local councils are so underfunded that in order to provide like vital services, they have to carve up the borough and sell it off to provide enough money to even keep the GP open and give people the services and facilities that they need, that they should be providing. Um, and it all just seems kind of depressing as well because by building all of this expensive housing and not investing in social housing and ethnically and socially cleansing the area, you end up with a borough full of people who can pay for their own health care anyway. So you don't even need the tiny little GP that's NHS funded. And ultimately, ultimately, <laughs> lots of ultimately's, we are existing under a government full of people so damaged and disconnected and self-hating that they cannot see the benefit of people. Um, they can't conceive how connection or community could be more important than money. Um, not even money, theoretical money that they will never spend. Like just a, a number on a screen that, you know, doesn't even correspond to any real value that they will receive in their life you know it'll, it'll just sit there on the screen um and i was watching tv last night which is another activity that lights up my brain with all this conflict and just i can't stop seeing all of this in everything i was watching grace and perry made a documentary series about kind of trying to find out what it means to be english and saying that the most easily celebrated versions of Englishness are ones that are connected to suffering and oppression. Um, so he was talking about like how it's a lot easier to have pride in Englishness if you're from the north and if it's kind of like connected to a northern struggle um, of being sort of neglected by the government because um, and, and also just of having cities that are built around industries and being working class and 
the community that that leads to, like the suffering forces you to connect with the people around you and support each other. And like that, that those are the places where people can find pride in being English. Um, and then I'm just, I'm just kind of like thinking about how when you aren't from these communities, so if you have money, you come from money and you don't have pride in your Englishness or you do, but it comes with shame, like from why you have what you have and other people don't, comes with like a tinge of shame, even if you're not aware of it. It leads to disconnection and yeah severing from the community of people that live around you um and in england when you have wealth it comes from the shameful source of exploitation in most places when you have wealth it comes from there um but then with like the added classic english um the the the, the if it's not coming from sort of handed down to you um through colonialism and empire is coming from a hierarchy and class in a way that you have to attribute you have to like attribute it to god like the way that the class system works in the uk and how it has historically come about and like just the whole concept of like monarchy and um a system that is like topped with a monarch how you have to kind of like attribute this hierarchy and this imbalance to God kind of like favoring certain people or certain people being chosen by God to allow yourself to accept it or kind of like attribute it to tradition. Um, and you have to cut out a big slice of land with walls all around it and shut yourself away, like give yourself a big slice of the pie and then just, just kind of like separate yourself from everyone else. And I think you, that they would think that they're doing this to separate themselves from humans that they think are beneath them but I think it's actually that you're kind of like when you have this deep sense of shame about the privilege that you have whether that's you can acknowledge that or not it's kind of like it forces you to cut apart to be cut apart by the shame of your wealth that you can't accept the human parts of you um, because the human parts of you of like compassion, connection, community, you don't have access to those if you kind of like accept this large amount of wealth and imbalance and hierarchy. Um, seeing seeing those parts makes you very uncomfortable, and so when you see other people that remind you about being human, it kind of like it it brings up that discomfort. And I think it's sort of hidden as, um, yeah, kind of like looking down on people when actually I think it's just a reminder of like the humanity that you've lost by oppressing people. Um, so you have the money, but you have no community and you have no pride that doesn't require you to oppress others. And I think all of this is being slowly exposed at the moment. I mean, it has done in the past. That's what's so upsetting. When you look back, you see that all of these conversations have been had before and it hasn't made... I mean, it's made a bit of difference, right? But, like, if you look at the the struggles for workers' rights and then you look at the state of workers' rights now... I mean, even what I was talking about a minute ago about social housing and needing access to green spaces if you have a family, like, those were things that were 
fought for and were kind of like considered at one point to be you know a given now and now they're gone and it's like it seems like there's being this at the moment maybe prompted by lockdown and having some time away from work and some time to think all of this is being exposed and now it's becoming too sad and too painful and too much to put it right for the people who have money um, and too shameful and we would rather do anything than feel shame most of the time humans um, we hate feeling shame and so I think people with money at the moment are really doubling down and enjoying the internet's ability to let them disconnect even more and push this discomfort down and chase money and status as it all becomes less and less meaningful like the more you have um, and this is like reflected in the city like more and more money and status each area that's cons I mean yeah so more and more money and status is kind of like building up in the city so areas that were considered undesirable or cheap or whatever um, this is the only place that creativity can thrive because you need to be able to fail if you're going to be creative and so you you need to not have a huge amount of rent to pay um, and humans gravitate to places where creativity can thrive that's what we like people with money follow developers follow the money until the whole city becomes like a maze of hotels and unaffordable housing and no one even knows what's so great about living there anymore because all of the art and creativity and community is fucking gone has been like choked out by the money that's following it and um oh, it's just so sad and i feel like there's something that we can do about it and i'm gonna try and do something about it but i think i'm just getting overwhelmed with how big it is and that was like a huge tangent anyway hang on my tea's almost cold, I've drunk none of it. <laughs> um, okay, so all of this is kind of bubbling up under the surface of my brain when I'm walking around. When I'm on the internet, it's got all of like the, it's more about the community, the queer community, because that's what I see online. And when I walk around, it's about my local community. And when I watch anything, I'm like constantly connecting it up to the, the inequality and the, the action that needs to happen to bring about some equality and decent decent quality of life, lots of qualities in that sentence. Except when I watch Gilmore Girls, not to talk about Gilmore Girls or anything, but um, the best piece I've had lately was <laughs> last week I decided to pretend like my local area was a small town. Um, this was inspired by Gilmore Girls because if you haven't watched it, um, it's set in a small town and it's all about kind of like small town pride and like the the downsides and positives of living in a small community. And I've been I've been gearing up a project for my local area. I mean, obviously I have. I can't walk around with all of that going on in my head and not fucking do anything about it. Um, but yeah, so I've been working on it. And my plan from the beginning has been to kind of like encourage community 
unity, community unity, like a mutual aid approach and a solidarity between all the groups living here. Like I'm not expecting to be able to lobby the council or the government for anything at this stage. Like the priorities of the people in power are not conducive with us getting what we need from them. So it's all been kind of like focused on the the local connections and what we can do for each other and how even new businesses and new people coming into the area with money, um, how that could benefit the people that already live here, like trying to basically make it work with what we have. Um, and I think that thinking about the city in this way is probably quite healthy. Like taking in your area alone, like not thinking about the fact that it's connected to the rest of London, like treating it like a small town as you walk around. Um, the amount of people in that area, the amount of struggle and suffering and joy and action and connection and love is something that the human brain can actually process and manage. Like it's a bit of a stretch depending on how big your borough is, but um, it feels a lot more manageable to think of it that way. And so I think that's where, yeah, I think that's where I'm getting to with this. This, this whole rant, which is like a real departure from all of my other podcast episodes, um, I'm sorry if this is a, a shock <laughs> to receive all of this brain juice coming out of my brain right now. Um, but I think that's where I'm getting to, that the communities I can actually genuinely connect with are my local community and the LGBTQIA plus community of London. I don't think I can manage the world right now. I don't think I can manage London as a whole. Um, I don't know if I can even manage the whole of Lewisham Borough, to be honest. <laughs> but um, that's kind of what I have been thinking. And what I'm realising right now, that that's what I've been thinking. And that maybe that's a bit more of a self-loving approach, but also maybe that is an approach where you can actually feel the connection and the love of the community. If you're kind of like bringing in your focus so what's my point <laughs> what's my point well I think it's pretty clear that I just needed to get that out of my brain um, so part of my point is finding a bit of peace for myself so thank you for facilitating that by listening um, but also on this day of love I want to share all this pain and tension and frustration and acknowledge that it all comes from the love that I have for the humans in my community, like in my local community and in the queer community at large. Um, I'm not going to lie, some of it is definitely ethical perfectionism, like wanting things to be right and good, um, like going past empty houses and boarded up houses and knowing about how high homelessness rates rates are in London and just being like this is this is a problem that should be solved this should be this is incorrect it should be correct but um, I'm working on the perfectionism part of that because when you focus on being ethically perfect and things just being right you get infighting you get cancel culture you get such a strong desire for perfectionism that you overindulge in like analysis and critique rather than actually doing anything um, and I actually want to do something 
um, I am happy for my actions to not be perfect and the results not be perfect because something needs to happen. Um, and I think for today, I think writing this and reading this out is what I can do. And I hope that, I don't hope that somebody else feels like this, but I hope that if you feel like this, you listen to this and it made you feel less alone. And I am, it sounds strange to say after talking in such a hopeless way for so many minutes, but um, I'm actually quite hopeful about how things could be and how much power we have. Um, so yeah, I guess it is a podcast kind of about community love, but I love all of you. Thank you for listening. And um, if you want to talk about anything like this a bit more, I'm 100% up for it. Please message me. I, I, I want to talk about this. I want to work on this. If you'd like to get involved in some action with me, let me know. Um, yeah. Have a great Valentine's Day. <laughs>